Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 44. You can follow along with me. And it says, A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from those loaves. Verse 45, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake of Bethsaida while he set the people home. And after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into by himself to pray. And late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone in the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water, and he intended to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once, and he said, Do not be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And he climbed into the boat. The wind stopped, and they were totally amazed. Let me read verse 51 one more time. <clears throat> he climbed into the boat. The wind stopped, and they were totally amazed. Before I pray, I want to ask you a question. How many of you truly want to see God amaze you? There's something you must do first. That's what I'm going to preach about. The message of today's, the title of today's message is simply this, I'm still rowing. Come on, say that with me, I'm still rowing. And just nudge your neighbor and tell him right now, hey, I'm still rowing, are you? Come on, tell him right now. And let's pray. Father, bless this word. In Jesus' name, help me preach this morning. Help us to listen. Remove all hindrances, distractions, and open our hearts, Lord, to receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. I'm still rowing. Say it one more time. I'm still rowing. When I read this passage of Scripture, it was a sad week for our family, and I was just reading my Bible, and I came across this story, because maybe some of you don't know this, but we have a Bible study on Wednesday. And we're studying the book of Mark. And as I was reading this story, I realized that Jesus had just fed 5,000 men, the Bible said. And this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000 people that Jesus, by some miracle, he fed 5,000 men. That includes women and children. We're talking about 10 to 15,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Now imagine if you're the disciples, you just started following Jesus, you've witnessed miracles already, they've already gone through storms, and Jesus already, and Peter already caught a ton of fish, so they saw Jesus doing many miracles, but this is the first miracle that actually involved them, because the disciples, they went out looking for food, they gathered as much as they could, they sat everyone down, and then Jesus did this amazing miracle. So I would imagine that the disciples were filled with amazement. They were excited. They just saw Jesus, you know, providing over 5,000 men were eating and everyone was just overwhelmed with joy. 
and they must have thought, man, from here on out, things are going to be amazing, and Jesus did all this, and we're going to see God do great things, and they're overwhelmed with joy and faith. And then Jesus said, guys, I want you to get in this boat right now. And Matthew records it this way. Jesus made them get in the boat and go to the other side. So Jesus tells his disciples, guys, get in this boat, and I'm going to meet you on the other side later. And the disciples didn't question it because remember, they're overwhelmed with faith. They trusted Jesus and they said, okay, Lord, they got in the boat and they went out to sea. They just set out. And Jesus stays behind and the Bible says that Jesus is praying. But something interesting happens. Look at with me verse 47 and 48. And in verse 47 and 48, it says, Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake. Now, I don't want you to think this is a small lake. See, we, I've actually been on this lake. It's massive. And Jesus was alone on the land. And notice he saw that they were in serious trouble. He saw them rowing hard. He saw them struggling against the wind and the waves. Now, I want you to notice this. Because the Bible says that when they set out to sail, it was smooth. Everything was fine. One moment, the water is smooth, calm, and it's quiet. It's peaceful. And let me tell you, the last time I was there, around that same time that they were sailing, you can literally see the most beautiful sunset over the mountains, and the water literally just glows. It looks like it's golden. It's beautiful. So I imagine, because I know this to be true, that water reflects so high off the, the, the sunlight that it just looks beautiful. It's peaceful. So let's put it all together. They just experienced Jesus do this amazing miracle. They're overwhelmed with faith. And now they sell out into the sunset. And everything's great. And everything's exciting. And they all feel this amazing peace. And then it changes. And all of a sudden, the waters get rough. water just changes abruptly. Now they're in a storm. It's a storm that they never saw coming. And because they never saw it coming, it means they weren't prepared for it. And because they weren't prepared for it, it means that now they're in a crisis. And it's a sudden change. You see, this is a terminology that sailors use when the water goes from calm to instantly enraged. It's called turbulent. And turbulent is defined as a sudden change where the water gets worse and unstable. So the disciples are literally experiencing this shift, go from peaceful to turbulent. And I wonder this morning, if you are personally going through a turbulent time, 
Because the Bible shows us that the disciples were in the middle of this storm. And what surprises me is that when you're going through a turbulent season in your life, it's out of your control. You're helpless. And I believe that one of the worst feelings any man or woman can have is going through a situation you can do nothing about. It's going through such a serious crisis that is completely outside of your control. And no matter what you do, it's not going to help. So you're helpless. And what shocks me about this passage is that the disciples are going through it. These are the same men that left everything behind to follow Jesus. These are the same men that left their families to pursue the calling on their life. These men loved Jesus. These men would die for Jesus. These men served Jesus. These men obeyed Jesus. These men gave Jesus their everything. And now they're in the middle of a storm. Because there's a misconception about Christianity. That when you begin to serve Jesus and you follow the Lord and do your best to obey Him, there's somehow this obligation that God has to make your life smooth sailing. There's this lie that is taught in the church that when you serve God, your life is going to be a lot better physically. You're going to get healthier and wealthier and everything in your life is going to go according to your favor and everything's going to be easier. And that is a lie from the devil himself. Because these men love Jesus more than you and I would ever love him. Now the Bible says they're literally in the middle. Look at with me in verse 47 and 48 again. The Bible says that they were in the middle. Last night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle. In the middle. And I wonder if some of you are there right now. You're in the middle of something that has you scared. Some of you might be in the middle of a nervous breakdown. You're in the middle of some drama. You're in the middle of a painful divorce. You're in the middle of giving up. Some of you go to bed but don't sleep and in the middle of the night your mind goes crazy with anxiety. You're in the middle of cancer and treatment. The Bible puts it this way. They were in serious trouble. Struggling against the wind. Maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I feel like I'm in that middle. 
And I feel like I, right now I am in some serious trouble. I came to church this morning with a smile, but if you knew the serious trouble I was in, and there's a serious trouble in my family, my children are in serious trouble. My marriage is in serious trouble. My health is in serious trouble. My finances are in serious trouble. And you never know because you can see any of, any of us here this morning and you're worshiping and smiling and shaking hands and hugging it out, but you never know truly the serious trouble that that person sitting next to you is in. And the Bible not only says they were in serious trouble, but they were struggling against the wind. Because that wind was once in their favor. But that wind turned and everything changed. Have you ever been there where one minute everything's great, but like that wind, everything has just turned against you. You know that life will turn against you. How many of you know that people will turn against you? And sometimes it may even feel like God has turned against you. And there they were, the disciples, in the middle serious trouble, struggling, trying to make it. And if you would ask the disciples what they were feeling, I believe those men would tell you, I'm just trying to make it. And I know there are some of you here, you're trying to make it. And you don't even know what it is, but you're just trying to make it. Our church right now, we're trying to make it. But sometimes it just feels like the wind comes against you. And here's what's worse about this story. The disciples have gotten through a storm before. But the difference is when they went through that storm, they just looked behind the boat and they physically saw Jesus there. But this time they're in a storm where they're not seeing Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life that I've gone through storms where I can clearly see God, but there are other storms in my life I don't see God. And you don't see Him. And these men were just trying to make it. The Bible, it tells us this amazing detail that the Bible does not leave out. Look with me to verse 48. And in verse 48, the Bible says, he saw that they were in serious trouble Rowing hard. Rowing hard and struggling. 
When I read that, I never noticed this, and I have read it and preached it and studied this passage to the point that sometimes when I read it, I'm like, I read it, I already know this. But the Lord told me on Tuesday morning, I was sitting in my porch, and He said, You better read this again, because I have a word for that church I gave you. And when I read it, the Bible says they were rowing hard, struggling. Tired, but rowing. And I got to tell you the truth. I love the water. I'm a waterman. You do not row against the wind. You won't make it. You can try all you want, but when that wind turns on you and that current is against you, it doesn't matter how many protein shakes you drink, how many, how much you bench, how strong you are, you will never beat that wind. So why did these men in the middle of a storm say, grab the oars? These men were experienced watermen. They were sailors. They knew the water. They were fishermen. And the last thing you ever did was grab an oar when the wind was against you. Actually, what you do when the wind is against you is you give in to it. In the book of Acts, Paul was in a storm. And the Bible says the sailors gave in to the wind. But these men said, no, we cannot give in to the wind. And you think, why would the disciples not give in to the wind and row, even though they knew they weren't going to make it, even though they knew it was an endless fight they would lose? And here's why. Because they knew, number one, because Jesus told them to go to the other side. That's it. In spite of the serious trouble they were in, in spite of the struggle, in spite of the wind that was turning on them, the disciples were determined to do what Jesus said. That is what obedience looks like. Obedience says, Lord, I don't care what I go through. I don't care what comes up against me. I don't care if the odds are not in my favor. I'm going to do what you have called me to do. I'm going to obey your word. And it might seem like a losing battle, but I'm going to do it because you said so. And those disciples knew they could not give in because Jesus told them, go to that other side. And the Bible says they were rowing. But the Bible says they were rowing hard. That word in the Greek is the word bazadio. That word bazadio literally translates to be tortured under pressure and in pain. Because sometimes when you're living to be obedient to Jesus, it's painful. 
It's not easy. We got to stop preaching this fluffy messages that serving God is easy. Serving God is nice. Serving God is the opposite. Serving Jesus will be the hardest thing you ever do in your life. Serving Jesus will not come at an easy price. Serving Jesus will cost you. Serving Jesus will torture you. But those disciples knew that even though it was painful, even though it was hard, even though they struggled, they knew with determination they had to do it. And I wonder, do we have that level of determination when it comes to obeying Jesus Christ? Are we willing to say it's not easy raising a godly child, but Lord, I'm willing to go through the torture of it. It's not easy serving in ministry, but Lord, I'm willing to go through the torture of it. It's not easy being a missionary, but Lord, I will go through the torture. It's not easy doing your word of Lord, but I will go through the torture. Those men grab the oar and they say, okay, this is impossible. This is going to hurt. This is not going to be easy, but we're going to do it because Jesus said so. And it was hard. Quit your whining. And it's hard. Church is hard. They lied to me in seminary. Or they withheld the truth. But when I said yes to Jesus, I'll be a pastor. Jesus said, here you go, David, you don't need this. What's this for? You'll see. And he gave this to my family as well. Because he didn't just call me, he called the entire Pereira clan. And said, grab this. In 13, almost 13 years, in this church, and here, this is me. Thirteen years. I study for hours to preach one message. No one comes. And God says, keep rolling. I study for hours to give a Wednesday night Bible study. And it's the same people. Jesus said, keep rolling. But it's hard, Lord. Keep rolling. Is it not the hardest to get up on Sunday morning for church? Don't lie. You guys will get up at 5 to go to the beach to make sure you get a good spot, but when you wake up at 9.30 to come to church, you're like, oh, it's hard. <laughs> you guys are going to wake up tomorrow to go after that paycheck. That's not hard, is it? But Sunday morning, you get up, and the devil tells you, oh, that bed is comfortable. Oh, you look tired. You should get some sleep. And you say, no, Lord, I'm grabbing the oar. And you're in the car fighting with your family. We're going to church, and you're going to like it. And when I better not see you misbehaving. It's not easy. Getting those, I don't have kids. But I can't even get my dog to cooperate on Sunday sometimes. 
I can't imagine what it's like to get children dressed for church. But there you are. I admire you because you guys are rowing right now. You went through a crazy week, but here you are. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's torture sometimes when you see the rest of the world and it looks like their lives are easy and you're the one doing it God's way, but nothing works out. You keep rowing. It's not easy if you're single, is it? And all the good ones are taken. And the devil says, you know, I got plenty of guys for you, but you know the word of God says, don't you be unequally yoked. So it's better to keep rowing single than have some crazy guy with you in a boat that's going to take you under. It's hard. Let's keep rowing, church. Let's row with forgiveness. Mm. You got to forgive people that have hurt you. But that's hard. You got to keep rowing. You mean I got to just let it go? No, you're leaving it to God. But keep rowing. You mean to tell me, Pastor, I got to help others when I myself need help? Yeah. That's torture. That's Christianity. We serve a God that forgave us. And he says, here's your. Now start rowing. But it's hard. It's hard to raise godly children. Anyone can raise demons. You got that on lock. But raising godly children that say, hi, mother and father, are we going, are thou going to church tomorrow? And you go to bed and they're not on their phones. They're reading some children's Bible. You're like, wow, it's never going to happen. They're going to be on TikTok. Doing their thing. And you're going to need to smack them with the oar. But you got to keep rowing. The world's going to hate you, Jesus said. You gotta keep rolling. I say, my God, I'm tired. But you gotta make it. Those disciples, they grabbed the oar. Because Jesus said so. That's it. Don't tell me you have so much against you, you cannot obey God. You grab that oar and fight against the wind because eventually you're saying, oh, that's but you said it was impossible. That is true. That's why Jesus got in the boat with them and made it possible. When God sees you rowing, he gets in with you. They rowed because Jesus said so. They rowed because they knew if they would have given in to the wind, they would have also drifted. 
and here's the thing we don't see in context, if they would have drifted, they would have gone so far that maybe it would have been impossible for them to even find Jesus again. And they did not want to miss out on Jesus and what he was doing. So even though they were tired, even though it was torture, they did not give in for fear of drifting from the Lord. In other words, they were willing to die in obedience than live far from Jesus. How much do you love God? Do you love Him like that? That you're willing to die in obedience then live safely and comfortably away from Him? Because that's exactly what the devil wants to do to you. He wants you to give in. He wants you to give up. Galatians 6, 8-9 through 9 points it this way. It says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay Notice that, and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So, in conjunction, here it is, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't Give up. The devil wants you to give in and give up, and he uses the excuse of tired. I'm just tired of people. And the devil says, and give up and give in. Live for yourself. Live for your flesh. Live for the world. Well, I'm tired. And give up. Just give in. The devil wants you to give in to the wind because he knows it's going to cause you to drift away from the Lord. So he says, give in to your flesh. Give in to your temptation. Give in to those emotions. Just take it easy for a while. Stop rowing. You look tired. Just relax a little bit. Take a few Sundays off. Just stop going to church for a while. Sleep in. Just, just stop going to Bible study. Just stay home, relax. You've been working all day. Just stop trying to force your kids to serve God. Just give in. Just just let them be. They're going to hate you and resent you. Just give in. And sadly, I see more people drifting than rowing today in the church. There are more people giving in to this ungodly, useless, wasteful world than there are those saying, give me that oar. And are obeying Jesus. 
those disciples kept rowing. Not only because they were willing to obey Jesus, but they were not willing to drift away from Him. And I wonder this morning, what side of the boat are you in? Are you a rower or a drifter? There they were, fighting, struggling. It's like you're struggling to do it God's way, but you know you have to. You're struggling to obey. You're struggling. It's torture, and I'm trying, but I'm weak, and I'm tired, and sometimes I just want to give in and give up. But notice verse 48. The Bible says, and he saw that they were in serious trouble rowing hard. I want you to understand something. The Bible says, and Jesus saw them. Not only did Jesus see that they were in trouble, not only did Jesus see that they were in serious trouble, not only did Jesus see they were struggling, not only did Jesus see the wind was against them, you know what else Jesus saw? He saw his disciples rowing hard. Can you imagine? When Jesus was on that mountainside praying and he opened his eyes and he saw the boat, and they, they were just rowing hard. They didn't know it. But Jesus saw them. Can you imagine? They're rowing hard and, and Jesus is just looking down. He says, look at them. Crazy guys. Look at them. Look at them. I believe the message that the Lord has for us as a church and for you this morning is just this. I see you. I see you. You might not think I do, but yeah, I'm watching Imagine those, Jesus looking down saying, look at them rowing. They're never going to make it. But they're doing it because I told them to. Look at them. Obeying me against all odds. Look at them. They're willing to die. And to drift. He sees you. I wonder this morning what the Lord sees in me. What the Lord sees in our church. And what the Lord sees in you. Does the Lord see that level of determination to obey Him? Even when life is against you, even when you're in serious trouble, even when you're in the struggle, does the Lord still see you rowing? 
and rowing hard? Or does he see you just drifting? Does he look at you and say, you're not the same with me? Does he look at you and say, you don't go to church like you used to? And when you do, your mind is not in it like you used to. You don't read the Bible like you used to. You don't pray to me like you used to. You don't worship me like you used to. You're just drifting further and further. And I see you giving in to the world. And I see you giving in to temptation. And I see you giving in to you when you know it's wrong. And I see you giving up and tired. And the devil has lied to you. And you're just drifting further and further. And you don't realize that the more you drift, the more you're going to miss out on what I have for your life because this is the same storm that Matthew records that Peter took his eyes off Jesus and I wonder that there's some people that keep rowing but there's another group of people whose eyes have gone off from the Lord are you a drifter or a rower do I have rowers in this church or drifters I hope so. Because God says, I see you. I see you. I don't, I don't want to preach to those people that life is smooth right now. I want to preach to those that are struggling. I want to preach to those that are in serious trouble. I want to preach to those that are tired. I want to give up and give in. I, I also, I don't want to preach to drifters this morning. You know why? I told Jerrica this this morning. We cater too much in the church to sinful drifters. All the messages we preach, come back. The Lord loves you doesn't matter. Come back to the Lord. But you know who we don't preach enough to? Are those that are rowing. Are those that are here today in the church. Are those that are fighting. So can I preach to my rowers this morning? Yeah. He sees you. Look, look with me to Proverbs 15, verse 3. The Lord is watching everywhere. I know this verse creeps us out. It puts fear in us. Because the, we know what we focus on? The Lord watches everywhere. Tell this to your kids. He's everywhere. That TikTok, he sees it. Everything sees it. The Lord is watching everywhere. Keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. And this is what we fail to do in the church today. We see this verse and we see, we ignore the word both. The Lord's eyes are on the evil in your life, and that is true. But he also has his eyes on the good you've done. He sees the good you're doing. The Lord is just not there watching. Oh, you messed up! I saw that! Sinner! Repent! I saw that. I'm watching. 
That's not God. God sees also the good. And that brought encouragement to me. Because it means that some of you feel like those disciples right now and, and, and you just go. You feel that weakness and that mindset to just give in. Give in to the wind. Just drift a little from God. Have some fun. Relax. You've got plenty of years ahead of you. Get right with God later. Just live in your fun. Live in your sin. Live in the world. Just drift a little bit. And you're just tempted because you know that Christianity and serving Jesus is hard. But there you are. And you're just rowing and rowing. And when the Lord sees you, He sees you rowing. And I want to close with this. He sees you. So when I'm there on Tuesdays and Thursdays and, and, and I'm just studying for hours and hours and, and asking the Lord to just speak to me and I'm tired and my eyes hurt and I come to church and there's 10, 20 people and I come home discouraged but I do it again next week. Why? Because I'm a rower. And God says, I see you. I see you. He sees our church. 13 years. We're like the Israelites. We just wander from place to place. Remember that year? And he saw us when we lost our building, but we said, you know what? We're going to keep rowing. He saw us when we were in that living room in Maria's house, and it's just eight or ten of us, and we said, we're still a church. Let's keep rowing. He saw us when we were in the Miami Rescue Mission. Those were scary times. We kept rowing. sees us now. The church is emptier. People care less. People come less. People don't give anymore. And I tell God, I'm tired. But I'm here this morning because I still got some rowing. He sees you this morning. You're rowing hard, but there you are worshiping, singing, how great is our God. When your life is in serious trouble, but you're singing worship because you're not a drifter, you're a roller, and there you are singing to God. He sees that. He sees it when it's time for tithes and offering. But you know inflation is high and how am I going to pay this? But I know this belongs to God and you give it anyway not knowing what's going to happen. But God sees that. He sees when you forgive. When they've treated you wrong and you're saying, God, that was hard. But I'm going to keep growing and trust you. He sees when you're helping other people when you yourself need help. He sees you wrong. 
sees you're the only Christian in your family. They're getting you to try to drift away. But you grab the oar and you say, no. I will die in obedience than drift in safety. When life is against you and you've messed up and you've given in, he sees when you grab the oar again and say, Lord, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me, I repent. And I'm coming back to you, Lord. And I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm willing to change that phone number. I'm willing to end those friendships. I'm willing to stop dating them. I'm willing to come back, Lord, and here I am. And you're fighting to get that back with God. He sees when you're praying. And it's impossible what you're praying, but you're praying it anyway because he knows you're a rower. He sees you opening up that Bible. You don't understand a lick of it, but you open it anyway because he sees you're trying. He sees you're in serious trouble in your marriage, but there you are, rubbing his feet. There you are, giving her flowers. There you are, trying to be kind, saying nice things. Man, but it's torture, God. Keep rowing. He sees the single mom trying to make it. And there you are, keep believing. You keep serving God. And, and it seems like everything was unfair. And you're the one that's hurt. And they've moved on. But there you are, still trusting in God. He sees you rowing. Come on, how many rows do I have in the church today? Maybe you came to this church this morning with that feeling of giving in to the wind. And as I was thinking about this message, I prayed. And I said, Lord, would you do me a favor? Would you strengthen the rowers in my church and bring more rowers to this church? And Lord, the drifters are in your hands. I'm not even going to worry about them anymore. I'm going to be with the people that are in my boat saying, this is my church. You are my pastor. This is my God. Give me that oar. We're rowing together. I know you're tired. I know you're not getting help. I know you have all these things telling you to give in. But don't miss out on what God has So I was thinking about my grandmother who actually came to Poland. It was her last church. And my grandmother, I have a picture of her right with her. She had her little Ford Fellowship t-shirt on. She didn't know English, but there she was in an Amish church. And she would be in the street corner holding a sign for our garage sale. And she would get a knife and start cutting off the roots around the hedges of our church. And I said, Nima, why are you doing that? They hire people for that. She goes, no, esto tan muy feo. This is too ugly. And Jesus needs the best. I'll never forget that. My grandmother was a rower. 
When she got saved, she grabbed that oar and said, this is it. And there is no drift in her. And she invited my mom and dad to church, and they said no. And you know what she did? I'll just tell them again next Sunday. And every week she kept inviting my parents to church, and every week they would say no and try to get her to go to the beach and drift a little. Grandma, just drift a little. But she said, no, I'm rowing now. So my mother and dad said, finally, we're going to just shut her up and come to church. They went to church and got saved. And then she looked at my grandpa and said, I'm going to lay down his suit every Sunday to come to church with you. And every Sunday he said no. But she got that oar and every Sunday she laid out and ironed his suit. Come to church with me. Come to church with me and say no. She kept rowing. Come to church with me today. No. There's free food. Okay. Got saved. She kept hanging out tracks. She kept talking to people about Jesus. She just kept going and going and going. She was the only Christian at one time in the family, but there she was rowing. And I asked myself, what if she drifted? What if she would have given in to the wind and the world and its sin? She would have missed out on more that Jesus had for her. That's why in verse 51, the Bible says that when they kept rowing, eventually Jesus showed up. He calmed the storm. They made it through. And they were amazed. And if you keep rowing and say, Lord, I will not drift anymore. And Lord, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep serving. No matter how hard it is, how painful it is, how much torture it feels, I will not give in to the wind. I will die in obedience, then live drifting in safety. And they made it. And they were amazed. You want God to amaze you? Everyone here said yes. Then quit, quit your drifting and start your own. Come on, let's all stand to pray together. I want to open this altar today. I want to pray for you, really pray for you. Because maybe you've come to this church and you're saying, Lord, I've been giving in lately. I've been drifting. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Lord, I've been serving you. I've been obedient. And it seems like everything's just still coming against me, Lord, and I'm tired. I pray this morning that if you have been drifting, you would repent and come to this altar and say, Lord, I'm grabbing the oar. Maybe you are rowing, but you're tired and you need that strength today. And I also want to pray for our church. 
because we are in turbulent times in our church right now. It's a little unsteady. I want to pray that the Lord continues to allow us to roll to what he has for us. Father, I pray that you open this altar. Father, as we sing this last song of worship to you, we never sing during closing, but we're doing that today because we're going to declare how great God is. Amen. But if you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I need prayer because I'm rowing right now against the wind. But I want to make it through the other side today. As Frankie sings, would you guys find it in your hearts to come to this altar to pray? I want to pray and lay hands on you today. In Jesus' name, Father, open the hearts of all the drifters and rollers. In Jesus' name, come on. Tell the Lord today, no more drifting. God, I'm grabbing this oar, and I will die serving you. I will die in obedience. And you ask the Lord right now to forgive you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all the drifters to come back and grab the oar that they let go. I pray for those that are tired of rowing and want to give in to the wind. Father, I humbly ask before you that you would forgive us of our sins as we repent of our drifting. And Father, would you strengthen us one more time to keep going, to keep following you faithfully. And Father, just remove any spirit of drifting that is in this church today, Lord. And Father, for anyone fighting against the wind right now, I pray like you got in the boat with them, that you would get in the lives of the boats of these people here today, Father, and do a mighty miracle that only you can do, Father. And Father, we lift up our church. Father, we are against the wind right now, but we are not giving in. And a church like ours should have closed down years ago, Father. But you kept us going because we kept going. Father, I put in this request into your hands, Father, that you would do a mighty miracle in our church, that you will strengthen the rowers and bring the drifters. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's worship him one more time to close. Come on, sing it loud. Come on, grab the hand of that person next to you. Come on. You squeeze their hand and say, come on, row with me. Say it to them, row with me. Come on, keep rowing. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this service, this breakthrough you've given us this morning, Father. This is not an ordinary Sunday. You have brought drifters back. You have strengthened those that are tired. And I declare in Jesus' name, even in our church right now, we're going to make it. And we're going to be amazed at what God does. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, that when you see us against all odds, you see us drifting no more, but rowing in faithfulness, rowing in obedience with such a level of commitment that we die in obedience instead of living in safety away from you. 
So, Father, let the devil bring it on. Because we have the strength to roll with you in our boat. In Jesus' name, drift no more. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God some praise today. Amen. And amen. Come on, give, keep praising God. God is good to me. Church, keep rowing as you leave this church this morning. Keep going. Keep rowing. And don't you keep on drifting anymore.